Welcome to Mediocre from Minnesota Daily Conversations, a snack-sized podcast delivering a frequent dose of mediocrity that you didn't know you needed. Make sure to follow Mediocre from Minnesota on Instagram and Facebook, add us on your preferred podcast app, and share us with your friends. Today's topics are Animal Facts Friday, Pizza Pizza, and Brace Face. But first, let's hear from today's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Half Bent Frames. Half Bent Frames was founded on the principle that not everyone wants perfectly straight eyewear. Some folks prefer glasses that don't quite sit right and look crooked. Half Bent Frames has been selling brand new frames that are personally bent by our staff to varying degrees of bentness. That's Half Bent Frames. If you want straight frames, get bent. First, let's start with Animal Facts Friday. Did you know the loudest animal in the world is a mere two centimeter long prawn? The pistol shrimp is capable of snapping its claws shut so rapidly that it creates a bubble which collapses to produce a sonic blast that's louder than a Concorde's sonic boom. The shockwave can reach 230 decibels, also louder than the sound of a gunshot. Large colonies of these shrimps stay up all night and day, popping away, creating a deafening background noise that even interferes with the sonar of ships. Until recently, it was thought to be the sound of the claw itself, but advancements in high-speed cameras have shown that there's more to the mechanism than that. The giant claw closes so fast that it creates a partial vacuum, causing a bubble to be formed. The loud popping is created by the collapsing of this bubble of cavitation moments after the lot the claw has closed. Not only is there a high-speed jet of water and a deafening cavitation bubble produced, but the energies involved heat the water to frightening levels. Where the claw snaps shut, it leaves behind a space that the high-pressure ocean water rushes to fill. The closing of this cavitation bubble releases huge amounts of energy and immense pressure, heating the tiny local space to temperatures of up to 4,800 degrees Celsius. This creates a plasma arc releasing a flash of light seen on sensitive cameras and essentially a high-pressure pulse of energy directly into the body of unsuspecting victims. That is insane that some tiny little creature can create that amount of energy and that loud loud of a sound. Wild. Next, dolphins use toxic pufferfish to get high. Dolphins deliberately handle pufferfish, causing them to release toxins as a defense mechanism. These toxins can be deadly in high doses, but also have a narcotic effect and are a powerful hallucinogenic, which dolphins appear to enjoy. A documentary witnessed them passing around pufferfish in a pod before floating just underneath the water surface, apparently mesmerized by their own reflections afterwards. Huh, dolphins like to get high. Isn't that fun? Other fun dolphin facts... Did you know the killer whale is actually a dolphin? Also, dolphins can use just half of their brain when they want to. In order to keep from drowning or safe from predators when sleeping, dolphins have the ability to shut off half of their brain, which goes to sleep. The other half stays active so that the mammal can continue to breathe and even swim. Also, dolphins have two stomachs. In a similar way to cows, the first one stores the food, and the second one is there for digestion. And finally, dolphins have been known to protect humans from shark attacks. There are some stories of dolphins assisting surfers that have been attacked by sharks. In one infamous encounter, they drove off the great white shark and formed a ring of protection around the injured surfer until he managed to get back to shore and safety. Next topic is pizza pizza. Pizza has a long history. 
Flatbreads with toppings were consumed by the ancient Egyptians, Romans, and Greeks. But the modern birthplace of pizza is southwestern Italy's Campania region, home to the city of Naples. Founded around 600 BC as a Greek settlement, Naples in the 1700s and early 1800s was a thriving waterfront city. Technically an independent kingdom, it was notorious for its throngs of working poor. These Neapolitans required inexpensive food that could be consumed quickly, pizza, flatbreads with various toppings eaten for any meal, and sold by street vendors or informal restaurants met this need. These early pizzas consumed by Naples poor featured the tasty garnishes beloved today such as tomatoes, cheese, oil, anchovies, and garlic. Italy unified in 1861 and King Umberto I and Queen Margherita visited Naples in 1889. Legend has it that the traveling pair became bored with their steady diet of French cuisine and asked for an assortment of pizzas from the city's pizzeria Brandi. The variety the queen enjoyed most was called pizza mozzarella, a pie topped with soft white cheese, red tomatoes, and green basil. Perhaps it was no coincidence that her favorite pie featured the colors of the Italian flag. From then on, the story goes that particular Topping combination was dubbed Pizza Margherita. Queen Margarita's blessing could have been the start of an Italian-wide pizza craze, but pizza would remain little known in Italy beyond Naples' borders until the 1940s. An ocean away, though, immigrants to the United States from Naples were replicating their crusty, trusty pizzas in in New York and other American cities all across the U.S. The Neapolitans were coming for factory jobs, as did millions of Europeans in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. They weren't seeking to make a culinary statement, but relatively quickly, the flavors and aromas of pizza began to intrigue non-Neapolitans and non-Italians alike. One of the first documented United States pizzerias was G for Gennaro Lombardi's on Spring Street in Manhattan licensed to sell pizza in 1905. Prior to that, the dish was mainly made uh, in homes and, uh, and or purveyed by unlicensed vendors. Lombardi's, still in operation today, though no longer at its 1905 location, still has the same oven as it did originally. As Italian-Americans and their food migrated from city to suburb, east to west, especially after World War II, pizza's popularity in the United States boomed. No longer seen as an ethnic treat, it was increasingly identified as fast, fun food. Regional, decidedly non-Neapolitan variations emerged, eventually including California gourmet pizzas topped with anything from barbecued chicken to smoked salmon. Post-war pizza finally reached Italy and beyond. Like blue jeans and rock and roll, the rest of the world, including the Italians, picked up on pizza just because it was American. Approximately 3 billion pizzas are sold in the U.S. each year. Americans eat approximately 100 acres of pizza each day or about 350 slices per second. So right now, one of you is eating a slice of pizza. At least the odds are that. Enjoy. Last topic is brace face. So I was lucky enough to get both braces and glasses in the same year in junior high. I went from this handsome young gentleman to a pimply, awkward kid with large, very much so non-fashionable glasses and a mouthful of metal. Just a side note on the glasses. I have no idea why I picked them. They looked like somebody's grandpa's glasses. No offense to grandpa glasses. They're great, but not for somebody in junior high. They were so ugly. I don't know why I picked them, but I did, and I regret it to this day. Anyway, I also had two brothers, still do, that were much bigger and stronger than me. We would fight, wrestle like most siblings, 
but I would be trying my hardest and they would be, I'm sure, just toying with me, you know, waiting until they wanting they wanted it to be over or they're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to end this. And then they would actually try and then it would be over within seconds because I am not a very large man and both my brothers are taller, stronger, bigger. Uh, and so it wasn't even, I mean, typically it wasn't a close contest. I think they often were just like laughing at me as I tried my hardest. But I do remember wrestling this one time and I'm not sure against which brother it was. Uh, could could have been either of them. And in the middle of this scuffle that we were having and it, and it could have been just you know we were wrestling to wrestle or it, or maybe it was me really upset about something they had done said whatever and I'm trying to trying to teach him a lesson so in the middle of this wrestling match my face gets pushed into the carpet and I realize within seconds that my face is stuck to the carpet and my braces are somehow caught on like a loop of the carpet and it's like hooked and my and and it's not like shag carpet, so it's not like you know an inch away from the carpet. It is like my teeth are touching the floor. Like it is, I am stuck. My whole face is stuck down, and I start. I remember panicking and you know trying to trying to get it unstuck and thinking that my braces were gonna like rip off my teeth because it was actually like painful. There was like so much like tension, you know, because I could not move at all, and I don't remember exactly if I was able to eventually just kind of like figure out how to unloop it or if or if somebody had to come in with scissors and like clip the clip the carpet and and free myself but I oh man I remember panicking thinking like I'm gonna rip my braces off and for one it's gonna hurt for two my parents gonna be pissed because braces aren't cheap um, but luckily I was able to uh, to escape uh, without uh, having either of those things happen so uh, it, it did work out, but a uh, traumatic experience for young John, for sure. And going along with uh, having my face so close to that carpet, did you know that in some cases, carpets can hold up to a pound of dust per square foot? I mean, I'm sure that's like the extreme, but then you got to think, well, the average person, half a pound? I mean, that sounds disgusting. Also, carpet can be contaminated with up to 200 thousand bacteria per square inch making your carpet more germ-filled than your toilet so basically unless you're like professionally getting your carpets cleaned all the time and like sanitize or something they're just disgusting i mean you don't i guess you don't out of sight out of mind you don't see it you don't notice it but man that's a crazy amount of dirt and a lot of bacteria and now i'm trying to think when's the last time we had our rugs cleaned in our house and it probably should be tomorrow all right, that is going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to Daily Conversations, a snack-sized podcast delivering a frequent dose of mediocrity that you didn't know you needed. 